Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I am your host. Joining me today are the the usuals, which I'm very happy to have along with this. So first off, we've got Josh Torres. John Wick 2 is fucking rad. Oh, Holy man. shit. I actually have not seen the first one yet. You need to see it. I, it's real good. I heard things about that movie like, doesn't Keanu, um, John Wick he character. Fucks shit up. Yep. Like in the first movie, he kills like what, 72, 74 people or something like that? I didn't keep a body count, but it's definitely higher this time. Uh, that's how I feel. It's like competing with Commando, like the body count with that movie. And all. I think it just it doesn't even start off that bad. Uh, but No, no, it doesn't. But it's just, he just becomes a little one man army. I heard he's he's kind of like a hit, just a He's basically a hitman in movie mm-hmm. form. Or like the. the I, what Hitman should have been when it comes to the to the Hollywood movie, because I saw the original Hitman movie when that came out, and that was... I don't... I think I've seen, like, scenes of it on TV, but, yeah. It was really, really, really bad. It just... And uh, I forget the actor's name, but... Uh, Me too. His... He shaved his head, and he doesn't even look natural. He doesn't look good at all. Like, he doesn't have, like, he does, this, he does, the skull... He doesn't not fit the Agent 47 mold. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, the, the, the skull to pull it off. Like, the, the, the shape of his skull. <laughs> like, him bald just looks so awkward. I don't know. I don't know. I, he just didn't fit that. And, yeah, the movie itself was just boring. So, I... Apparently, like, as of today, I think it's... I forget it's, like, Amazon or iTunes, or maybe both. Um, it's, like, $5 to rent, and so I might just rent that movie and just watch it tonight, later. So Yeah, go for it. It's it's You'll you'll like it. It's real fun. Definitely need to see that movie. And, of course, it's all, also uh, joining us today is Adam Vitali. Hi. Hello. Have you been watching anything lately? <laughs> Not really, no. You should be watching John Wick, you, so that's my you, recommendation. Wait, wait. Haven't you been watching Gundam, Adam? Uh, oh, that's right. Been watching a bit of Gundam. What what are you watching? Your brother told me that you you you're watching I think double Zeta now or Zeta. I I watched the original series and then I watched Zeta and I haven't started double Zeta yet. What do you think of Zeta? Um in a nutshell I think the X's and O's are good. Like the way that different plot pieces and characters and things move around and basically form and construct and conflicts that arise and things like that I think are good. Almost all of the character drama is really awful, I think. <laughs> Camille is a really, really weird protagonist. <laughs> so, like, in the, one of the early episodes, he's, like, talking about, like, how he doesn't like his name. And it's just kind of this, like, quirky thing because it's a girl's name. He, Camille is a guy, but he's got a girl's name. And in an early episode, he's just kind of, like, you know, complaining about it because he's just at, early on, he's just kind of a whiner. And it's like, okay, this is just a weird quirk or whatever. But then, like... About halfway through the series, there's this really dramatic scene with him and Thor, who's kind of like his <laughs> his uh, girlfriend that he never really became his girlfriend, never got the chance to. And then he's like starting to cry, and he's like, "I hate uh, my name, Camille." And it's just like, "Why are you bringing that up now?" Like, <laughs> oh, my parents are terrible. Why did they just... There's a really like, funny why dialogue. That, why does that even matter? Yeah, such a... there's a really funny dialogue he has in the Dynasty Warriors Gundam Three. He's like, "Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man." Something tells me that plays very well in Japan, but in America, like that name, like it's an insult to people that are named Camille over here too. <laughs> it's uh, it's like Alexis. It's just you know people get upset. Like, and then it's, there's it's a... just a couple other things I wanted to mention about that uh-huh. while I'm on it. Yeah, there's yep. this character. There's this character Rekua, who is like I'm trying to remember. Re- oh, okay, I remember Rekua now. Okay. Um... Oh no, did it cut out? 
Adam, I think your microphone cut out. Oh, Adam, sorry about that. It's, she's like a she, Rekko is like a sandy blonde, short hair pilot. Um, okay. Yeah, and like she's she's working for the AU, which is basically like rebels to the Federation, anti-Earth United group or something like that. Um, yeah. And then like she defects, and then like throughout there's several different cases where the other pilots are like asking her like like Fa and Camille like why are you working with the titans now and like she never gives a straight answer she's like you wouldn't understand like you're not an adult and I, i'm a woman and I, this is what i had to do and it's like she, it never makes it any sense it has a weird yeah it's like are characters you, are very weird like it. it's implied like she was like bored or something like i was bored so i changed sides like okay. so zeta has a zeta has a weird like problem like it, it looks like beautiful still like uh yeah. like the animation of it and the style of it back then but like there's a lot of like cliffhangers and character like motivations it's like they'll say they'll say like why they couldn't do it except they stopped like halfway through it on what before completing the whole arc of what they were trying to do yeah and then like and then uh spoilers she ultimately dies and it's just like Whoa. it's like trying to be trying to be dramatic well I, actually a lot of the characters die oh spoilers. man yeah zeta's a, a bloodbath for sure and it's got a pretty somber ending too it does um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, it's, like, a really dramatic, like, she's dead, and it's, like, why does anyone care? She was just selfish or bored or something, I don't know. <laughs> Look, the, the true hero of the show was Yazan, okay? Oh, Yazan? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so you've been watching on the Gundam, I, Brian also told us that you were basically watching a lot of it while you were grinding in Final Fantasy Fifteen. is that right? Yeah, I was getting, uh, I was basically getting some of the ascension skills that you need for um some of the later ascension skills require a ton of ap oh yeah and the game is kind of weirdly balanced in that you don't get nearly enough ap no way. to like get some of like the higher end skills like one of the most useful ones is like break damage limit for some of gladiolus's skills where you can have them do like twenty thousand damage to all enemies and things like that which is really useful in some of the post-game dungeons but, like, you don't get nearly enough AP for those. So I just kind of, like... I've been watching Gundam really slowly, actually, over the last couple of months. And it's just kind of like, well, I'm just going to grind a bit. But I'm going to kind of watch this as I do it, just to kind of... That's, that's like listening to podcasts while grinding. I, I, yeah. I listen to podcasts while grinding and stuff like that. Like, that's perfect. Some of so, them cost, like, 999 AP, don't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there's, I think there's, like, eight of those skills that require that much. Like, 8,000 AP, like... Ugh. How long is it taking you to get that kind of amount? I, th- I think that took about, like, basically a whole day's worth of grinding. Oh, oh boy. What's your, <laughs> roughly, what's your gameplay timer at right now in FF15? Oh, I, so in FF15, I have basically uh, 100%ed it, with the exception of fishing, like, catching all the fish. That's not <laughs> the best part of it. I did get all the recipes, though. Um, and it's about 140 hours. Damn. Jesus. Well, uh, you you actually mentioned that like, despite doing all that, like you're uh, you, you still have sort of like a mixed reaction. I, to I, it, I, I I'm, I'm lukewarm on Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. So basically, like the open world structure, I, t- I I like it because it creates like this kind of non-linear type of difficulty where you can you can just explore these high-level ruins that you're not really supposed to go to yet, but you can go there anyways if you want. You can fight big creatures and take them on even if they're 20 levels higher than you and 
things like that I kind of kind of appreciate where it kind of forces you to really understand like this is how I play the game this is how, you know how to how to prepare your characters well and how to you know strategy and even some skill in combat and things like that and so that type of stuff I prefer over more linear games where it's like usually the difficulty curves on those are are pretty easy um, but like things from like side quest design to dungeon design like all the post game dungeons are basically the same type of monster rush arenas um, the story is missing pieces and it just there's so many places where the game just feels unremarkable so there are a couple of things I like about it in general gameplay like probably in the open world structure and like some of the things it allows you to do but just it doesn't really excel in any facet so like well, I, I wouldn't say I didn't dislike the game or I didn't dislike the game it but doesn't just do anything particularly like remarkably well yeah, like if if you if you were to tell me like what what does it do best, I'd probably just say, you know, the dungeons just being there, and that's kind of like a really small low bar. <laughs> Are you interested at all with the online mode that's coming up? Is there something you're going to try out? Oh, like online co-op? Yeah. Uh, not hmm. really. Is it? They I have some weird. You... <laughs> they have some weird things coming out like that, and yeah. they tease like the character creator and think it's like, like I don't know if I'm really. Who is really looking to like create their own character? How is it even gonna work? <laughs> I, I really, I really want them to like somehow integrate that character into the cutscenes and like just be like a background character for nothing. <laughs> just he's just nodding in the background while Noctis like, is oh, like, like I wonder how that's even gonna work. Are they gonna just like replace Noctis with this character? Oh then... man, <laughs> that'd be so. Mm, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's just gonna be funny having like a like a fifth like nobody at the campfire. Yeah, <laughs> just like hey, dude. Straight Yo. up like the avatar. I, don't, I haven't actually seen it. Like, how do the avatar characters look? Like the designs of them. The I, only I thing know. I've seen is like an off, like off-screen, like development screenshot of the character creator. It was very like oh. kind of like they haven't really said anything about it. It's just like it's kind of they're kind of musing with the idea right now. But the, I I don't know if it's like officially like a hundred percent greenlit or like you know release. But yeah, it's I think they've yeah. I think they basically have only talked about like interest in doing it. But I don't know if they've actually like decided yes, we are going to. So it's, it's weird. Just... Like it, okay, so if they do it something like where like you can make an avatar or you can choose one of the characters, like of course you would choose one of the main characters of the game instead. Like that's the I... kind of thing like in Metagross Solid. Like why would you choose this nobody when you can play Solid Snake on the online mode? So it's like that weird feeling or Goldeneye, whatever it is. You know, just insert. I want to play the the more important characters here. I'm only okay with it if this uh, nobody character that you make just has the random ability for some fucking reason to just transform like a twenty foot white knight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That way you, you're <laughs> just on the ground getting squished by his feet. That's. White Knight Chronicles is such a depressing game, but the the weird it's the weird thing like you can. Oh, kind so of that's, that's, to... what, that's what you're that's what you're referring to. I totally <laughs> yep. the reference. Yeah, I know. What Twenty talking about White Knight. What are you? What could you be mentioning? Uh, yeah, it, it's like this. That's the thing. Like but back then, the weird thing about White Knight Chronicles, it's like that weird comparison you can drive is that so Final Fantasy thirteen came out. You know, uh, Square Enix complained about how difficult it was to make HD towns. And then White Knight Chronicles straight up has that, you know, like uh, yeah. these big cities with a lot of people inside of them that you can interact with. And so it was such a bizarre thing. And, and then, a lot of the a lot of the games are like a big slap in the face of that remark because you had Xenoblade Chronicles and the last story even, um, you know, not necessarily like full 1080p towns, but definitely still possible. 
just even well, on the Wii. Yeah, but it was well, also well, like, then, like know, Fable was out and, and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So in yeah. white, and well, there was Skyrim when did, and more. And all when did Final Fantasy thirteen come out? Two thousand nine. 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 Japan. Ten in, in America. Yeah. Well, so like the last remnant is a Square Enix game that came out just slightly before then, and it had HD towns. Granted, they were kind of segmented. Like like one town would have four different areas, so it didn't like it wasn't as vast as it maybe could have been but it's just kind of funny how like there's a square enix hd game with h with hd towns kind of making me real sad that there's never gonna be a follow-up to like last remnant ever again i really love that game it's like i'm not kidding when i say it might be my favorite game of all time i, I love it so I'd much. Back up on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those games i've yet to play but one of these times i will but that's the that's the weird thing though i mean going back to the white Nerd chronicles comparison is that I know people that were actually invested into the online mode that they had, which reminded them a little bit of like. I, I remember there would have... be like comparisons, like Final Fantasy XI or something like that. It was like a much drawn down version, and then of course they got like the town building, and all that stuff that you could do. Yeah, um, that thing was weird, but kind of like I, I had like this, Dark like, Cloud too had it. Yeah. I have a disgusting amount of hours in the first White White Chronicles. I was one of those people that like had a really nice town, also went out and like did all the character class masteries for it. So I would go down back to like level one in a class like build that up again to max it out and go on to the next class like there was just something about it to me back then i was like yeah this is it this is it it was an impressive game um obviously and the just let down just, yeah the second one just like somehow collapsed in a way that i just wasn't feeling i didn't i maybe got maybe 20 hours into its story and i was like i i just set it down i'm like this is kind of there's something missing from here yeah like, and that's I the thing really is that it. you can start to draw these comparisons like any game that comes after it if it has this thing where you can create a character that feels like it's just you know not really supposed to be there or they're getting in the way of the actual main character it's like this very depressing feeling when my character in white knight chronicles more times than not was like the (laughs) i was in distress way more than Mm. the main character like yeah and actually it was weird because like my avatar like early in the game your avatar is kind of like left off off screen and you control the actual main character in that game and trying to help the the princess out of the castle so it's like why couldn't the avatar be the one helping her out no it's got to be this totally different guy your avatar doesn't even become the white knight it's it's the it's the actual main character it's like all these really bizarre design decisions that had like i don't know if it was like added at the very last minute it definitely felt like that because why else because they needed to make like well, we're missing one of the characters in these parties of this three-person party, and so um, let's let. It was basically trying to unify, like the you know the single-player and multiplayer experience, because you use that character for the multiplayer part of it, but they wanted yeah. to somehow still have you know like persistent progression for that character in the story at the expense of it ever being relevant whatsoever. They they really shouldn't have even tried with that. It's like yeah, they should have kept it completely separate because it, like when they had like Sword Art Online hollow realization only reminded me more of that but going back to final fantasy 15 it's that so you've got the guys um who made final fantasy 15 obviously you've got to be working on the online mode of this and so i just can only imagine how overworked those developers are and how many of them are actually going to be like moving on to 16 or if they're going to spend them out on other projects at this point because i assume 16 is already well into development while they're still working on all this DLC. And so I just, uh, I wonder about the quality of that thing, you know? I don't know. I, it's just, it's one of those things that we won't really know if we, if it seems like they know what they're doing until it actually comes out. And at this point, all signs point to 
no, but yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's some sort of hidden brilliance in this, and yeah. maybe it'll by some miracle pay off. But I, we, <laughs> but I, once again, like I'm willing to give them the benefit of that just for the sheer potential of absolute brilliant insanity that could arise from this. It's like having four Ignises in a party, for example. <laughs> that sounds oh, awful. <laughs> that sounds great. But what we did, we recently, there was that recent news about the DLC plans. Uh, what was that about? I didn't ever um, actually get a chance to read that. Well, basically they scheduled like what's going to be coming in the first half of 2017. Yeah. So like in February, a couple weeks from now, like two weeks from now, they're going to be doing the booster pack, which like is not really any actual like content, but like has wait booster yeah, pack. Yeah, we 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 lightly touched upon this last podcast, but there's like yeah, there's a booster pack that oh. like lets you. Uh, it's I think there's supposed would, to be. I think I saw something like it. there's supposed to be a level cap increase, so like now you can go to yeah, like yeah. Nine to like one. At, at uh, first, when they showed the booster pack. It showed them like in a Power Rangers esque outfit, and then they kind of got into like some legal troubles over <laughs> that. So that yeah, but this booster pack was like uh, let you use an item to get to uh, have you invincible, uh, completely invincible for like thirty minutes, I believe. That, that so <sighs> that's that's that. That kind of like is—it's basically a cheat DLC. It's you know pretty I mean? much. I was going to say there's like pl- Adam. There's plenty. Sorry. There's plenty of boss encounters or like post-game encounters that don't take nearly 30 minutes, but they're tough. So like you just swap this on, and then like, oh, okay, I just re- literally removed all challenge from this. I was going to say yeah. like, wouldn't this be perfect for you, Adam, for all that grinding that you were doing if you instead had this DLC? I don't know. Did you, did you buy the season pass with it? I, I did get the season pass. I, I wasn't really planning on it, but I got. I got like a hundred dollars in PSN credit for Christmas, and I was just like, I oh. can spend twenty of this on the season pass. Why not, or whatever? So. Yeah, I mean, if you're having, uh, you said 140 hours so far in that game, I think that's totally worth it at that point to yeah. check it out. This other, at least to see it all the way through, you know? Yeah, I will. At least one of us will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Aaron will as well, despite her misgivings <laughs> with the game, but. Uh, I really look forward to that. So, Adam, aside from p- playing some Final Fantasy 15, I noticed that. Um, a few days ago, you had put up a, a poll on Twitter to see what game you should play next, and I noticed that uh, okay. amongst those games, yeah, you tell me what you you also been playing. I'll let so you know. I I have I've been trying to catch up on some of like the like these older retro maybe not retro games that I haven't yeah, uh, had a up. chance to play. Hey, if it's PS2 era or earlier, that's retro now. That's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's that makes era. me feel so old when I think about it. Just like it's the the goalposts are being moved constantly. PS2 came out like 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it did actually. So, so some of the games that like I haven't played yet are like, for example, Tales of Eternia. Uh, what else? Romantic Everyone seems Saga. to hate that, but like I liked Eternia for some weird reason. Yeah, I haven't played Eternia or Destiny, so like the older ones. So. I wanted to play those. Mm-hmm. Um, Eternia is a little bit more available on PSP. Destiny, the only the only way you can get it is like if you buy a really expensive copy of a PSX disc. disc oh yeah, I would love because to go it's, back. It's not on. It's not on digital. It's not digitally available anywhere. Um, yeah, after posting those commercials uh, for Tales of Fantasia for the Super Nintendo, it's like it made me really want to go back and play those games. Like I'm really missing out. I feel like on those older ones. Uh, I did play Fantasia, and Fantasia does feel pretty different from modern tales like okay. it's more it's, more, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the that. first one it's a little yeah. bit more classic uh i only played the gb i only played the gba version which is really the only official english release and it's not 
a very great port. It's mm-hmm. kind of choppy and all that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, all on side playing the combat, of but, course. Yeah, yeah I was the only one. That's the only one available in English. So I played that. Um. Anyways, so some of the games I those are some of the games that I've been looking to play, and I just rather than me kind of mumbling over my choice paralysis, which one do I play? I just put over put up a Twitter poll, like which one of these should I play? Twitter, and the the winner was Skies of Arcadia. Um, Ooh, for once, yeah. Twitter chose the right thing. Yeah, which is I, I mean, think they're all not... good choices, but <laughs> the rightest thing. It was. I think it's like the last major like GameCube. Well, I'm playing the GameCube version because I don't have a Dreamcast. Yeah, um, it came out pretty late into the GameCube's life cycle. It did, yeah. It was 2003, I think, when the original game came out in 2000. So quite a quite a bit. Yeah. Several years later, and I did. I, I saw that when I was looking stuff up for this game. It, it was apparently going to have a PS2 release as well, but that was canceled. I think that's. I think that's kind of the opposite of Grandia too, which is also a Dreamcast game, which ended up getting a PS2 release, which isn't very good. Worse and it was supposed, it, yeah. that that was supposed to have a GameCube release, but that was canceled. Anyways, um, so I'm playing Skies of Arcadia. I'm about 20 hours in. Oh um, man, how do you find all this about... freaking time? Jeez, I'm jealous. Just, so it's, um, it's a very, uh, it's very upbeat and it's very positive, and I think. Uh, someone was commenting and mentioned to me that that was one way in how it kind of stood out in the time, where a lot of a lot of JRPGs at the time were kind of like moody or dramatic or yes. uh, melodramatic and things like that. Where the games like this, as well as Final Fantasy IX, which is of course a bit earlier, um, were just kind of positive, upbeat, happy um, most of the time, like types of games. So kind of energetic. You can feel that like in the colors and in the character designs and even in the music. Um, so it's definitely got this tone to it that is really kind of appealing in that way uh-huh. um no doubt so uh my i'm not i'm 20 hours in so maybe not quite halfway i guess uh but like the the characters like vise and aika especially the way they their camaraderie and the way they basically like finish each other's sentences and things like that that's kind of the feel i get it's so it's, good they're so good and i that's every really yeah they just they, they get along so well and it's it's actually kind of rare that like there aren't really that many pairings of like main characters that I think are like they feel like they're um they're, they're like partners there hasn't been any romance yet I don't know if they'll get uh how romantic they'll get but they just kind of feel like they're best they're friends meant, yeah yeah they're, they're meant for each other they're they finish each other's sentences counterparts uh I hope if they if a romance does appear in this game I hope it doesn't like bog down to like I can't share my feelings cuz it doesn't really feel like that's the way it would go at this point because they basically seem to know everything about each other. Um, it's it's it, weird, like, uh, to, not to quickly, uh, just to jump in here, it's just that when you see, like, those things where it's a male and female counterpart in a lot of those games, they're not so much on equal level. A lot of it is, like, the man or the woman are, like, you know, trying to act like parents to the other or, like, a big sister or a big brother to the other one instead of, like, on equal level. And so I think that's what made them so charming, so endearing characters throughout that whole game. Mm-hmm. And uh, as and then there's like I don't know how many I have four party members and I, I I'm starting to wonder if this is all I get because I'm kind of far in now it'd be weird if they added another one at this point. Um, there's also Fina, who is basically she's kind of like the actual character that kind of like the story is revolving around and kind of the one who propels it forward. Um, they're looking for moon crystals, um, basically to prevent an evil empire from <laughs> abusing them. And then there's also Drachma, who's kind of the old guy of the group, and he's basically 
the baby shirt, good. if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's actually the, if, to use an anime term, the sund- the sundary one. He's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be with you guys. I like, I don't have time to babysit you guys. But then he, he always leaves the party. <laughs> he, always he, always comes, he always comes up with an excuse to come back. Like, I was just uh, looking for this whale, and you guys happen to be here. <laughs> Make sure you were. <laughs> Isn't it um, isn't it pretty weird to play a game like that that has like no voice acting but it's in 3D? Like doesn't a, that a little off? bit. I I I think I'm kind of used to it now. I kind of had that feeling when I actually when I played like Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. That's right. Uh, yeah, totally. When the I when same I thing. like or it it kind of feels like I don't know like a like a, a GameCube era Zelda game or whatever where there's 3D models and there's cutscenes if you will. Um but there's no voice acting. Well, there there is a little there's there are, there's a couple of voice quips where they say like you know, one or two lines like "Let's go" and then they have a couple of dialogue, they they have a couple of voice clips in battle. But otherwise, yeah, there's not much voice acting at all. It's it's like that thing where like, you know, those games that don't have the budget to have full voice acting, so some of the lines are voiced and some aren't. Just experiencing that throughout the entire game, even the most dramatic moments, like that's. There's, there, yeah, there's definitely something uh, different about that. Something that we take for granted now when it comes to video games is like back not that long ago, there was absolutely like no promise of full voice acting for a video game. Um, but I like the little yeah. like the little clips like uh, when you put put up text that actually voices like little like gibberish like noises they make. <laughs> yeah, those are good. I think it was weird, like when because uh, Vice and Ica, they're unlockable characters in Valkyria Chronicles, and so they actually had voices in that game. I remember when that when they first um, showed them off, people were so th- like blown away, like so. This is what they sound like, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love uh, uh, Vice's voice in Valkyria Chronicles. Yes, he's, he's, both he's of like them. A, such a, he's like a, such a cocky bastard. He's like, ah, ha, 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 your hero's in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, every time you activate him, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just said something. <laughs> no, he's like, literally, <laughs> it's stuff like that. Oh yeah, but even in this game, they have a couple of quips like uh, during battle and stuff. Vice actually, his voice—it sounds like he was like recorded in a tin can or something—is a little bit worse than the other. Oh yeah, I do. I do remember that little uh, detail about it because I always like, found it weird too. The other voices are fine. Like Aika, one of her special skills that I use a bunch is like a, a tornado attack, and she's like, "Back off!" Um, so it's kind of fun hearing that. But otherwise, um, in terms of the game itself, it's it's kind of a typical turn-based RPG in turn in that there. It doesn't do a whole lot that's like novel or interesting. I think like that's really different from anything else. Um, the the thing that's most unique about it is that basically any character can basically flip between any of the six games elements at will um, in wow. their weapon. Yeah. So so and you you literally do it like right before you attack. You can press a button and you basically toggle through the six elements. And different enemies are you know of course have resistances and weaknesses to different elements. Um, but also, which which element you're currently on, you basically level it up. And the more you level up, say, the red element, you get the red skills, which some of them are, like, fire attack skills, and some of them are, like, status boost skills. And then, like, the green element has, like, poison skills, but also has, like, healing. So you can kind of choose which elements you want to work on and things like that. So it's it's not, like, incredibly complex, but it's it's the one thing that this game does that's probably most unique about it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's a pretty typical turn-based RPG. So it's it's nothing it's nothing like new or exciting, but 
with the characters and it's kind of have with the charming characters it ha- kind of has this like comfort food type feel um where i where i call games like older tales games like junk food rpg <laughs> this, is more, this is more of a comfort food rpg i think yeah, good yeah. analogy to make I, a good analogy a great analogy there <laughs> i do remember yeah that around the time that skies of arcadia the original one was based on the dreamcast i think it had like people were calling it like the best looking game ever made because the visuals were on like a whole other level compared to what else was around at the time because that game came out like in i think 2000 at least in i, I, I want to say 2000 at least in japan um which no, is before I'm like pretty sure it was late 2000 for america because i bought that game <laughs> so yeah because uh, which is i think it was january in 2001 is when the dreamcast like failed and stopped production at that time so it was like right before dreamcast was like done for but i Dream, dreamcast came out september 9th 99 yep 99 like it's weird because um i was watching like this uh like this a bunch of like promotional stuff of the dreamcast in 2000 like promising the world promising like SegaNet and all this other stuff that was happening like there was even so nothing close. even talks about like having like this extra content for games like this was before the times of dlc like the, the ideas they would have of SegaNet being like an isp to deliver content kind of like the uh satellite uh, what was it called the satellite view kind of thing where it's like they would have yeah. like, these different like in like Down. promotional things uh that fell through, of course, but then just a few years later, the game you're playing, Skies of Arcadia Legends, like you're playing obviously the ideal version because it's got was it reduced load times and uh, they reduced the number of random encounters. I'm not sure what the differences are. I, I briefly looked it up. I think there's like two. The music, for, first of all, I'm not, I'm not an expert on like how music is encoded digitally, especially for these older games, but the music is sounds different because of the way that Dreamcast and GameCube, you know, renders it or however that works. Again, I don't, this is out of my element. Um, so some people might have a preference that like, oh, no, nah, the Dreamcast music, Dreamcast music is a whole lot better than the GameCube music, whatever. They do, I've, I've listened to some of the tracks and they, there, there is a definitely a noticeable difference there. But the Legends version, I think, has two new tracks that play. There's an optional boss. I Apparently you fight them more than like several times throughout the game, kind of like a rival pirate character named... Uh, Ooh, I man, I'm trying to remember too. I know who you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, one second here. Anyways, she's like now her battles have a. She's like a. She's she calls herself the Angel of Death, and she's she has a scythe. Um, she has like a head that hair that looks like a rooster or something. Um, and so now her battles have like a unique theme to them. And then there's like a NVC you meet named Doc, who you give like these collectible moonfish to, and he's got like his own little theme now, I guess. Um. And I think there's a couple of other like small things they added. Um, it's kind of like a director's cut type of version of the game. Yeah, now it's of course people are so like, crying out for an HD release of that game, which would be perfect to see. I, I made I made the joke like as soon as I play through this, they're going to announce an HD version, and you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean it would it would be such a cool thing to see, and it does seem like Sega is really sort of. Uh, teasing that kind of thing from happening if i'm not mistaken was it like not long ago there was no wait i'm thinking maybe shenmue well, actually shenmue was like that that uh url like the the domain registration stuff that came out not long ago well like, like for example for example talking about dreamcast games grandia 2 got i know that's game arts and not necessarily sega yeah but grandia 2 got a remaster on steam um it was 
done by a studio in Canada, I think. I don't remember. Um, but that was basically a game arts thing. But also, I know the Sonic Adventure games on, Dream, on Dreamcast got ported to Steam. Yeah, kind but of that was, it, it was well. also, I mean, um, Sonic also had like GameCube versions and Xbox well, versions so and all this. that stuff. But, so I'm, I'm, and then, um, well, I just, like, obviously Sega did Valkyria Chronicles PC port kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, that's a different generation, but there's there's some precedence there for Sega oh, yeah. taking games and porting them to Steam or wherever. So it's not like it's totally out of the question and possibility that. Oh, I don't think anyone was, was years like, ago. Yeah, I don't think anyone was questioning that. I think the big point though is that Valkyria Chronicles is that at least the source code was all there. And with uh, with these old games like this, I know like um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously, like games like Panzer Dragoon Saga and Metagross Solid Three, and like all these other games where the source code was lost. What they tend to do, it, I don't know if that's the case with Skies of Arcadia, but I'm kind of assuming that might be. But it's it was also in GameCube, so who knows? But you know, Final Fantasy X was on the PlayStation Two, and we know that that was lost as well. They reverse engineer their games, uh, take the content that they can, put it on the PC, build stuff around it, and release it back on the console. Because they did that with Eco and Shadow of the Colossus uh-huh. HD, so it's definitely possible to do that. And I think and I heard I heard. Sense. I don't know how true this is, but I heard rumors that like Final Fantasy IX source code is lost as well, and people yeah. were kind of like thinking, "Oh, this is going to prevent it from ever getting put on Steam because they're not going to bother like trying to, you know, reconfigure whatever they can or collect whatever they they can re- retrieve whatever they can get from it." But hey, it turns out it's definitely something that I think that um, obviously it's number one for a lot of Sega fans to have that happen. And because the Sega European community manager was saying like, we've got some big surprises for you in the year 2017. I'm pretty sure we're here like Shenmue and, and Skies of Arcadia. Look, man, I want to fucking together. Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even that big into those games. I don't know. It's, man, like, I the soundtrack was cool, but like I had a hard time with the controls. Future's real good. Yeah. But yeah, because Jet Set Radio, of course, HD is a thing that exists on the Xbox, and so I could definitely see it happening. And on Steam, of course, you can get that there too. For future, for some reason, yeah, it's been kind of left alone. I don't know if there's just licensing issues, or the first one wasn't successful enough, so they didn't bother to do it. But I just yeah. want a way for like to be uh, to play like old Xbox, the first Xbox uh, exclusives again without having. An original Xbox in hand. It was grabbed Remind- by the ghoulies, you know, on the rare collect- collection or whatever. So uh, I think Phil Remind Spencer me, was talking was, about doing that. Was Jade Empire Xbox exclusive or is that Xbox 360? I'm it's doing, on PC too. Yeah. Jade Empire, oh. you can get that for uh, origin, the Origin had for free. I want them. I've, I've still got my copies of Itogi 1 and 2. That's If any games, I think those deserve it just because those weren't even backwards compatible, unlike Shenmue. Like Shenmue 2 was totally backwards compatible on the 360, so... I would totally love to see that. But going off on a tangent here, so you're 20 hours in Disguise of Arcadia. Is that Are you still pretty high on it after that much time? It sounds like it. Um, Does I'm it hold up from that, that it, old? Yeah. Well, you were talking about how people were praising it for his visuals. And like you got to remember thinking that this came out like before Final Fantasy X, which was kind of like an early PS2 game that kind of you know was the most the best looking game at the time that or one of the metal gear salads or whatever so like this coming out just before that i could see where they could come up where they could why that would be the sentiment there um i wouldn't say i'm like absolutely in love with the game like i think the combat and all that in the dungeons are just a little bit too simple and too samey um but i can i'm there are things i am enjoying about it um so i you know 
So I'm liking it, but I'm not loving it in a in, in nutshell. Yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully things will change. I do. I did hear that that game gets way better towards the end of that. Um, so excited to hear uh, maybe next week or the week after that when you come back, we'll hear your thoughts about the rest of that game. Mm-hmm. Great. Other than that, um, Josh, I know you've been sharing the same large amount of time on this game. Neo, that... yeah. So yeah, that is I, definitely my jam at the moment. I there's something very satisfying in its combat system that it just makes me want to come back. It's kind of like my primary focus uh, this past week. I now I just started touching the the second region in that game. I'm I'm just really digging a lot of the design decisions in it. The stance system, the key pull system. Um, everything just feels so fluid once uh, you find a weapon that, that you click with. Like, I started out with dual swords, and I'm still rocking that, and it's been doing... It It definitely speaks to my style of, like, combo aggression, uh, attacking before the... Getting, like, seven attacks in before they can attack once. And I, I like the, the emphasis on seeing the enemy's key gauge in that game because a lot of my strategy revolves around draining that key gauge first so when it flashes red, I know that's the go-ahead for me to start fucking them up, whether it's me shoving my dual swords into their stomach or just uh, stun-locking them if they're uh, a larger enemy. Uh, There's just a lot of good things I have to say about that game. I think my only complaint that... Um, I ran into was with the with the co-op with a friend. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we we ran into the same problem too. Or like, um, you know, just I th- I think it was different in the beta. Like I didn't play the beta. Can you explain what, how the how it handled in the beta? Huh. I don't think that that was the same issue. But to be fair, when I tried out the co-op mode before you and I tried it last night, it's that. It was replaying something I already beat. Like we didn't try doing anything for it. Uh-huh. We just we just went back and played like the first mission again. I was just testing to see if it works. But yeah, um, I'm not 100 percent sure just because I don't think I touched the actual like invite and per- a specific person to the party. I I used the random visitor from inside the the mission itself uh, uh, when you use the Ochiko cup to summon a visitor t- into your game just to kind of help me through one of the bosses in that game. But uh, yeah, it's it's that. According to this, uh, you cannot be excuse me. You cannot play a call, uh, uh, any of the missions with a friend unless you've beaten that mission first, which okay. is insane. Because for one thing, like why would I want to go back and play through that same mission that I just did, even if it was with somebody else? Um, their excuse, I'm sure, is that it makes the game too easy. Uh, but at the same time, like people play these Souls games with a buddy, like you could do something where like you can adjust the difficulty level up. If if your concern is that like make them have the enemies have more health or you know like more I mean that's aggressive. what that's what they do and that's what they do in the Souls games is yeah. they kind they they basically depending on how many like friends you summon or whatever the the enemy the boss or whatever adjusts depending on that so exactly and like not even in the Souls games does it do something like this and so what you've seen is a lot of really angry people on Reddit Gaff. Uh, twitter account all that kind of stuff uh, uh, facebook all complaining you know letting their thoughts be known that this is not something that they want and you know how am i like uh, to give an example yeah me and josh last night we were trying to do this where it's like okay we got in there like okay you know we just open up this new area let's go ahead and play this mission um for josh uh for me and josh 
And what we found out is that like, okay, well, we found out, okay, we need to, I need to beat the mission before I can invite him in. So I went through, beat that mission, came back, tried to invite him. And it said, both players need to have beaten the mission before they can play it. So there's absolutely no reason to do that. Like I have no, actually like, I have no idea why anyone would want to like replay a mission like that. Can you get like drops or spoils? But you always get that. Like, there's no difference. There's no specific, like, co-op only drops or whatever. So it's like, you know, and at the same time, like, the only real difficult part of that game, really, uh, uh, you know, other than key management and all that is the boss battles. And so outside of that, there's really no point. And you can just, you can invite random strange, because the thing is, like, in the co-op, when you were, I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh, but, like, in the co-op, when you try to invite your friends together to play together, it's that, you know, they both have to beat the mission. But what you can do is that if you use the Ochoco Cup within the game to summon a random stranger, that can be anyone. Like, it doesn't, they don't, it's like, obviously it'll be someone that's actually beat it, but in the context of you currently inside that mission and inviting someone who's ideally, uh, I'm sure, I'm almost certain this is a fact, has already beaten that mission, it throws that whole argument out the window because it's not that you're summoning them only to play the boss, it's that they can run around with you and play that whole mission if you wanted. So I just don't get the, the logic there. There's a real funny thing that another friend and I, I tried on co-op is that um, when an enemy is on the ground, you know how you can like stab your sword into them for like that powerful attack? Uh, what we found out was that when both of you do it at the same time, both of you do it and both damage is registered on it. So we killed a lot of like enemies, a lot of health that way. Uh, it's just there, there's something really slick about the, the graphical style of it, whether it's the interface, kind of like the sketched out damage numbers or just uh, the way the, the rain uh, interacts with the environments and whatnot. There's just something really nice and clean. But yes. like, it, it, has, it has this level of like, polish that like, not a lot of the, a good majority of the Souls games don't have. It's in terms of like the, the, like the way it graphically presents the world to you. The, the level design itself is kind of like take it or leave it. I, I, it's not, there were some neat ideas in some levels. I'm not really like, super up and up on the level design yet. But... I imagine that'll get better as the game progresses. Yes. Uh, but I really like the segmented style of it, of having like you know this stage select in it instead of like a, a big persistent open world like uh, the the Souls games. And I, I, I approach it more as like Onimusha or Ninja Gaiden rather than Souls games because Souls games I'm, I'm uh, a lot more defensive. This I'm a lot more offensive, and I use the the dodge key pulse uh, skill so instead of like doing the r1 with the key pulse i actually use my dodge as the key pulse now to continue my onslaught it, it definitely has a, a more uh, like aggressive pace to the combat that i i really appreciate it it, it gives me it reminds me more of bloodborne than any of the other souls games and uh, by extension it's I think more when I think about this game, I think more of Onimusha and Ninja Gaiden uh, yeah. more so than Souls. Absolutely, I think. I mean, I would think Bloodborne might be a slightly faster pace, but definitely with Neo, mm-hmm. there is definitely a lot. It's very refined uh, for for a game like this. That in other games, like say Lords of the Fallen, which recently came out on Android, I'm not, I haven't even seen anything about that, but apparently it did. Uh, there's definitely a lot of bugs. Wait, what? And... It, it came out. It, it's Android? on Android. Yeah, they they announced it like a year or two ago. It's coming to Android, and I think yesterday, I think it it launched. Uh, but huh. 
Yeah, it's it's that type of game. There was a lot of bugs and glitches. Um, anyone who's played that game know how notorious some of those glitches were, like game breaking bugs. Like I actually had to. Um, full Yikes. disclosure, I did. I couldn't beat the game before my review because I approached a game breaking bug that wouldn't allow me to advance the story. It was very late in the game itself because mm-hmm. I went back played it recently because uh, it was on PlayStation Plus as a free game, and I I got through it. And there was very little extra, like maybe an hour left of content for me to uh, indulge in. But yeah, tons of bugs and glitches, a lot of exploits. This game, um, I have not yet seen really any, like, say with like the Souls games, uh, what is it, like the Infinite Souls exploit that they had? Um, mm-hmm. There has definitely not been anything like that with this game. Uh, so that's, that's good, I guess, because those characters carry over to the online mode as well. But you know, there's a new game plus, and then there's a season pass with that game, so it's kind of hard to tell. I'm, what trying, I'm really trying to get through the my game, the game the first time through because I really am curious about the new game plus and seeing like because at new game plus there's a new rarity, the green rarity, and I want to see what those items look like because that sounds insane. Absolutely, and then yeah, the guardian spirits are better, and then you can uh, well, this is actually with one of the other features of the game is that you can actually change the look of the main character to look like the other characters in the game. So that's pretty cool. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like straight up, like look like uh, it's a skin. Uh, there's skins in that game. And the way to get skins is you need glory. And to get glory, you have to kill the revenants. And the revenants are those little corpses that you find throughout the game that are just, you know, these uh, swords that are stabbed to the ground with the red swirling around them. It just marks like a bloodstain uh, like in Souls where that's where the person died. I mean, you can't see like play the last few moments of when they died. It's just straight up like this is where they yeah. died. This is the level that they were. This is the gear that they are wearing. And if you want to summon them, you have a chance to get the gear, but also glory. And glory is uh, a separate currency to buy those skins. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to jumping uh, back in tonight again. And just, I'm I'm really excited. It's, uh, it's one of those games that just came out of nowhere for me. And I'm sure it came out of nowhere for a lot of people. It's been a while since Team Ninja really like hit it out of the park. Their last few games that stuck out of my mind were... Uh, Metroid Other M and uh, Ninja, Ninja Gaiden 3 and I didn't really like those so it, it was hard to say whether Team oh, Ninja you, did, you didn't like Yaiba? <laughs> that was such oh, a classic <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm glad that this is definitely them at their top, top grade form this is uh, there's a lot of things in here that I'm just I'm surprised at, at how creative they took the framework of the Souls games and how much they expanded it in uh, smart ways Absolutely, and it's a it's a very very fun game, and uh, you know we've got a review up on the site uh, rpgsite.net for people to check out. We've got a ton of guides um, that we've been working on uh, that pretty much cover the full spectrum of what you would care to know about Neo. Uh, we're working on a hub or, um, article as well to kind of collect all of those, but you know there's been articles about stat builds, guardian spirit locations. Um, uh, uh, tips like a lot of different tips that you can find out so people that are interested in that type of information even like examples of uh great grinding locations uh yeah th- th- thanks for the guide that uh where to grind the revenants like when you had that uh side mission with that lady assisting you what's what's that called again like the ginchio i think it yeah was. there are a request for ginichio i believe yeah it's uh for people listening yeah there's a mission there um ginichio where uh you are accompanied by this very badass female samurai uh, who 
She has a fucking lightning sword. Yeah, she has a lightning sword. And what you can do is when you summon revenants, um, which are, once again, like AI-controlled characters, uh, human characters, she serves as a very nice distraction. And you can get in when the guy's back is turned and kill him and collect glory as a result. So it's perfect. It's a perfect place to get a lot of uh, glory and uh, uh, cups. Yeah, Ochiko Cups as well. I've got, like, I think... I'm up to about 40 Ochiko Cups at this point. Oh, so, And once again, Ochiko Cups are what you need to use to summon other characters into your game. So other players to your game. So they're obviously very important uh, to do that. So, yeah. Uh, all that content is available for you guys. And so, uh, have you been playing anything else, though, Josh, besides Neo? No. Yeah. That's kind of consuming my life. I, I told you, right, last week how awesome yeah. that game is? It's, yeah. It's, 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 there's, and there's like, you know, 60, 80 hours worth of game content. And once again, they're adding in the future updates with the season DLC, um, like more dungeons and bosses and stuff like that. And I'd I have to jump on that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm considering it, but because uh, i mean i got the review copy but they don't send you like a season pass or whatever so <laughs> i i for the amount of um time i spend in that it might be you know it's 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 a good value it sounds like so uh same with me just totally playing a lot of neo so let's get into the news um we've got uh not a lot to talk about this week it's it's been um as you can tell like kind of a slow week but there was some uh highlights here and so adam why don't you uh, handle this first piece of news for us so uh, Bioware has had some interviews with different places like official Xbox magazine talking about um, Mass Effect Andromeda and kind of talking about some of the things that, well, we kind of already knew that Andromeda is kind of like a reboot continuation of the series. You know, this is a, a fresh start for them in terms of where they wanted to change things up, mix things up in terms of uh, how they wanted to go about this series. So they've been talking about some of the, some of the changes that they're making. And um, there's two two things that they mentioned specifically that come to mind. One is that Paragon and Renegade is no more. Um, no. So oh, there's no. no, there's, there's no like stark morality system in terms of uh, light side, dark side. No punching <laughs> or, journalists is what you yeah. said. So in, instead uh, there, the, um, the creative director is talking about how it's going to be more like agreeing and disagreeing with the various you know NPCs, people you you talk to, and all that, um, and depending on these choices you make, these might affect you know future events. Or what if you what just time. disagree with everyone? In the game? <laughs> Piss off your entire party. Yeah. <laughs> like, Piss the, off. Stop talking about that writer. You're pissing everyone off. <laughs> so some of the rationale that they were saying was like, when you have a, a system like Paragon and Renegade, you kind of kind of already have set in your mind that like this is going to be a paragon playthrough where you're just going to make all the paragon choices you're you're already holding up on the on the control stick to, to select the paragon choice you don't even have to read what it is like i just want to be paragon all the time um or or the, or the same with renegade where with this type of system it's a little bit more this is his argument that you'd have to actually pay attention to you know the, the choices what they are and make your decision based on the choice itself and not just I want to be good or I want to be, you know, crazy. I would hope so, it's good. It's good about like when the choices pop up that what you actually choose is what they say instead of like a vague like phrase of what they might say. Okay. I, I was I was actually just about to mention okay. Alpha Protocol, which I love yes. Alpha Protocol's choice system. I love it. It's the, <laughs> probably the best one that's ever been done so far. Um, but some of the choices in that, it just tells you like you, you, you say like, and you say in a, 
an aggressive response mm-hmm. or something and then like you just have like this chaotic like crazy insane <laughs> like response yeah you're like you're gonna throw them on the ground or something <laughs> it's like wait what or like or like like snarky response ends up being like punching up like that's not snarky or whatever these aren't actual things but i know there were cases like that in the game they're, they're, where, yeah they're definitely it, like over exaggerations of what you might have like that's not what i wanted to do um but i do expect the choice system might be a little bit similar to that now where it's basically a sequence of choices that hopefully have some sort of consequence um that's meaningful um and it's a little bit less detached from light side dark side i always kind of felt that the paragon renegade system uh was kind of like a holdover from knights of old republic you know light jedi dark jedi type stuff um so i kind of feel like it it doesn't really well i I think it's i think it's a good good that they're changing it up definitely One, one of the other things you mentioned was like that kind of in terms of like a story character perspective it kind of felt like that was like a shepherd thing like you have a Paragon Shepherd or Renegade Shepherd, and now that we have new characters entirely, it kind of fits there as well. To now, have, now we have a, an agreeing system. writer or a disagreeing writer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully, the choices don't culminate in like a final game. If if this game has sequels or whatever, uh, yeah. just A, B, or C options. I mean, that's totally up to them. It's that if they think they're going to be able to create a story, better story dynamic. But yeah, the bigger problem with that Paragon Renegade system, it felt very forced. And so if they're able to weave in uh, the morality choices better and not make it so blatantly obvious, because even after Mass Effect came out, there were other developers like trying to walk that back. Like I remember, what was it? Infamous uh, had that problem yeah, I was, as well. Yeah, I was just about to admit, Infamous has the morality system too, and it it's was kind bad. of bad. It's like it's, it was like it's like you can either do this or fuck everybody. It's just, it was yeah, oh, yeah. it was like the it, <laughs> it presented it to you in such a stupid way, and I think everyone was. Like, I I, th- I think horrible. like in Infamous Second Son, like the like one of the final choices. Vague spoiler is like you either can save your village, including like your mom. Uh, or I think it's your mom or your or your adopted mom or something. Or you can like literally like kill the village because they they don't you disagree with them. Like you they don't understand everybody. me, man. Yeah. I've got my angst with me. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the biggest problem with that game. But yeah, it's it's really weird to think about Mass Effect Andromeda being out in about a month, just a little over a month, and yet it still seems like we've got such little information to go off of. But you know, sometimes it's fun to have a bit of a mystery, even if it's not fully intended by the developers. So. I guess we'll so find out. one other thing they mentioned talking about like the story construction was that they 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 made a, they made a direct comparison to Witcher Three that they want the game to have more meaningful side quests. So yeah, that's a good now yeah. some people some people are just like you know really negative or cynical or whatever like ha they think they can match Witcher Three. What I feel losers. like every RPG uh, said will have meaningful side quests. So yeah, yeah that's I point, agree. Right? Yeah. So, um. I'm trying to remember, like, what types of side quests, not like DLC, but like side quests did Mass Effect have? The original Mass Effect was kind of terrible. It was kind of like you go to, like, these frigates that somehow all look the same and have the same map used over and over again. You fight your way yeah, again. Well, you know, just, the, just use a Mako more, okay? It was, the character, yeah. it was the character missions, right? That's kind of what a lot of it was. Yeah, Ma- Mass Effect 2 had, yeah, like, the character, like, missions and... But depending on choices you made, the you can sex do loyalty too. Missions. That was a side mission, right? How many characters can you have sex there, with? There were loyal, there were loyalty missions, and then like with the 
characters of in that game different gender that if you were if you're chummy enough with them you might get some special alone time yes yeah that's one way to put it but yeah that's, the way that's, the way uh... that that was built into the game like the way mass effect 2 did it was if you did the loyalty mission they had like a much much higher survival rate in the suicide mission at the end of the game i think that was yeah, the main thing that's so they did but it turns yeah. out like most of those characters weren't even that important in mass effect 3 so i mean some of them like garris and tali but yeah that's they did say at least that the, the others uh, are not so the, se- the sexy time moments will be coming back so yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, Mass Effect Andromeda from the news that we've we've been able to glean from there. But hopefully they'll get us some more details uh, soon enough. But moving on, speaking of another game um, that actually I, I don't have a segue for this. Josh, why don't mm-hmm. you take this next piece of news? <laughs> I can't uh, remember East Origin, like, eh. right? East Origin. That's uh, it's been out on a PC for a bit, but uh, great and it's an amazing game. Um, yes, amazing. it's a really super, good game. super great game. Yeah, .mu has uh, you know, had plans for uh, porting that to PS4 and Vita. PS4, uh, the PS4 version is still on track for the February 21st uh, release date, uh, they uh, said, but the Vita version has been seeing a, quite a delay. It's now been delayed back to May 30th. That's kind of what uh, I was hearing about that. It's like that and uh, ROM, uh, read-only memories, that kind of thing. It's something I mentioned back at PlayStation Experience around that time is that I was talking to developers and they talked about how much trouble they were having with the Vita because of the memory limitations from that. And so trying to, even if this game is like 10 years old, when you think about it, it's that they are also trying to, you know, improve it and make it fit on that device. I wonder I mean, if this, still is, this, is, this is the type of game, this is also like the type of game where like the difference between like a solid 60 FPS frame rate and yeah. a choppy something in there is like a big deal. Yes, um, it needs to be so, smooth, yeah. There are some very intense boss battles in that game, yes. and if you yes. miss time a dodge, uh, you're fucked. Yeah, I was going to say, I, especially I, like the nightmare mode and all that. Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't remember the boss name, but I remember the boss. That's the, the, the oh, man, I don't remember the rooms. The, 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 there's the room in the, that's the side of the tower that has like a major boss battle in it. Um, the, east, the east tower is kind of iconic now, and there's like this room, kind of like a dungeon that kind of hangs off to the side, and there's a big boss battle there, and I remember that one being like a crazy like bullet hell almost so if it's choppy it's not good yeah that and like the the character to character boss battles are you know very fast moving so yeah i told you dodging is important exactly definitely so So, i mean if they if they need the extra extra time the extra months for it it's like sure it sucks but to if it's to ensure that the game runs flawlessly on vita i think it'll be well worth the wait to play it on the go so you know game development's hard but yeah and you know. I'm not I'm not super familiar with .emu, but I know some people are, are skeptical based on some of their history. Uh, they are a French developer, and I know like when they ported a couple of games to mobile phones, including the original East, it was like broken English. Um, they eventually patched it, I think, because they're, they're French, so English is not their native language. But it was kind of like I guess Franglish is the <laughs> is the term they use. I, I think the bigger uh, thing was like the, for but them. Also, yeah, but there's also like I know some performance issues and things like that with some of the other projects that they've worked on. Yeah, uh, the neo so... the neo geo neo geo games for the I think it was like the humble bond or something like that. Uh, they apparently had problems with that. I forget. I I'm actually forgetting what the actual problem was, but I do remember hearing a lot of uh, complaints around that time, and that was them. Because they ported, uh, there was like I think it was like a humble bundle or something like that, where it's like they had a bunch of yeah, I think it was like a, it was a Neo Geo humble bundle 
And apparently there were a lot of problems with those games. So, was that when they like ported Neo Geo games to Steam or something? Something like that, yeah. Because yeah, I'm sure it was like Steam codes for that. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. Like the performance on those games was not great. So, it's um, like, but I'm they're also my doing. Fingers. I'm sorry. I'm crossing my fingers that they don't fuck up with the windjammers part. <laughs> Literally, yeah, what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like crossing every finger, toe. I'm just like, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't fuck it up. I mean, please. honestly, like the performance of the game itself was perfectly fine when I got to play it at PSX. It's just, yeah, the yeah. online mode, the fact that they're adding like online mode and leaderboards and stuff like that. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to accomplish that. But with East or uh, with East Origin, um, it performed very well. But I was playing the PlayStation Four, and you know, it's, it's ps4 to pc and back again is not that different it's yeah the vita it just makes me think that you know once again we're really knocking on death store with the vita as much as i love my system so we'll yeah see. so the things just to mention them the things that they're adding to this port are basically widescreen uh all european languages so french spanish italian german um and the online leaderboards and score things those are the main things they're adding i, th- I think they mentioned something like they might spruce up some visual effects and i think there was also something like there might have been like one additional like animation scene or something um these types of games don't really have full-on anime cutscenes, but have these like kind of moving cg artwork type things yeah um they might have some a couple of new those that i it's got to say, I, wonder, I wonder if <laughs> i wonder if those will ever make them make their way back to the pc version like the pc version is great as it is and i don't even mind like not having i mean it's 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 dot aimer versus x it's it won't happen yeah Yeah. so but so yeah they are adding a few things to make it you know kind of to advertise it as something yeah spice up the package yeah yeah that's cool Uh, another another weird uh news bit uh this week was there's a there's a castlevania animated series coming to netflix I remember, and... like, the way they announced it is that someone found, like, it was, like, a list of, like, upcoming Netflix content. And, like, yeah. it was, like, Castlevania. Like, what the hell? Uh-huh. Yeah, so th- this is being done by Federator Studios. So they're the studios behind Fairly Odd Parents, Adventure Time, among other things. But those are the, you know, most common uh, or most well-known ones. And um, Ari Shankar, uh, executive producer of Dread, that was, like, about, you know, three years ago. Um Announced on his Facebook that he's going to be co-producing this, uh, quote, super violent Castlevania miniseries and that it's, quote, going to be dark, satirical, and after a decade of propaganda, it'll flip the vampire subgenre on its head. Oh, if I do, if, if there's anything <laughs> I'm not a big fan of is Castlevania being overly serious because that's what Lords, was it Lords of Shadow was pretty much trying to be like that, so. Well, that guy's name is Zobek. Yeah. So back Patrick Stewart. That was that was the only good thing about those games for me. I don't know. It's, it's... Uh, yeah, they didn't really have any lasting power for me. I mean, it's, it was okay. I guess they were trying to do like the the God of War framework on it. Oh, it was, yeah. It but was what about weird. is is Shaft going to be in it? Because you can't have a Castlevania game without Shaft. <laughs> so so like uh, my my hidden desire of this when I first heard this news, I didn't know it was going to be animated. But my my first hidden desire of this was I was hoping it was going to be like a like a, a live action documentary series of like uh, people who got addicted to pachinko of that that would have been real good i'm just concerned i mean at the same time like you've got this coming out it's it's what we all kind of knew was going to happen is that you know konami aside from pachinko machines licensing out their products to other people other interested parties and so you've got this i just 
you know, maybe we'll see. I mean, as at the same time, I'm actually pretty interested in that the whole concept of it because you've got I don't know if it really lends itself to an animated series, but yeah, yeah, like you've got that. Like I would love to see something that you know Kojima was actually th- interested in is doing a Metal Gear Solid movie. Uh, so I wonder if they'll ever get to the point where they do that because because uh, when I think about like. Uh, to be fair, though, I mean, with Metagross Solid, at least, it's that when you when you think about the uh, what was it Peace Walker, the cutscenes in the in that game, um, mm-hmm. it was it was graphic novel design, but like if that was animated at the same time, like I would actually, even if it wasn't, even if it was all like graphic novel style, I actually would love to see like a series based on that. And so that'd be that'd be kind of cool. I, yeah. yeah, that'd be a real interesting take on that because it's like um, it was moving. Well, there was actually wasn't it also like there was a Metagross Solid like visual novel like the digital comic or whatever it was called like they put out on the psp <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember oh yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, so, it was, it was, i forgot it was like did it have databasing like graphic novel database i forgot but i know what you're talking about yeah i just don't uh, know if like you're talking refrigerator studios for fairly odd parents and yeah uh, adventure time like I don't. If they're talking about as 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 what you know, Shane it's Carson, a weird it's like choice. Dark, like, satirical, and flip the vampire. Like, I don't think so they can I, pull. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't know I much. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about Adventure Time, but I know it does have some weirdly like good animation that I've seen. Like, yeah, it does. They put some budget into it. They definitely really, have the talent. It's, it's a really wacky and silly show. Is my is my feel for it, from what I from what little I do know of it, but like it's it it looks it's well animated i think and they have some really fluid animation so it's it's the word satirical that has me kind of concerned are we just yeah. gonna see a bunch of memes or something like i don't know oh, twilight man. references like i don't it's because yeah. we we know like when people when people in hollywood try to like you know take jabs at that stuff it's like is there really like you know like I, bad vampire like, like, content? Because there's not really vampires have been kind of out of vogue for a while, so I don't know. When 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 Josh said when Josh is reading the quote like flip the vampire subgenre on its head, like, oh, it's like what when I think genre? of vamp- when I think of when I think of vampire subgenre these days, you know, vampires and werewolves makes me think of like CW type shows, Underworld, uh, like Teen Wolf or whatever, where like Underworld. all the vampires are like these really sexy young guys or whatever or women. Um, <laughs> that's what yeah, I think of when I think of vampire subgenre these days. I, I am really gonna little die a little on the like, side. There's if this has like any Twilight or Underworld references. Yeah, Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mm, okay, it's such, a, such a bizarre thing. But yeah, it's it's that yeah, as you said, a Castlevania season one part one. It's it's they're calling it like a mini series, I guess. But like yeah. it's that it's it's supposed to be launching later this year, and so I guess we hear it's, more it's about weird it. Weird what they're what they're doing. I mean, at this point, if you're Konami, and if anyone is like kind of entertaining the idea of like doing something with your IP. You kind of go like all the way with it if you were Konami, I guess. And like just recent news this week, totally unrelated, but um, they have Bomber this Girl? New, but, yeah, Bomber Girl arcade machine. And it's basically Bomber Man, except you have all these anime ladies um, with like few like bomb fuses as their tails in it, and then you see like damage models, and I just you know it's very much. It's Bomberman, but there's cute anime girls with it. It's like okay. Well, I mean, I would be more. Work. I'd be more concerned if there wasn't the fact that there is a new Bomberman game coming out soon for the Switch, and so I'm not like that. Doesn't bother me as much as like a Castlevania game because I would love to see a new Castlevania, uh, but that's not gonna happen anytime soon. So, at least you got Bloodstained. Yeah, who knows if yeah. even that's gonna be great? But we'll see. I guess that's out a year from now, so we'll see. But that's, I mean, that's that's kind of the important news from the Castlevania side. But then we're switching over to another <laughs> game that, uh, an, 
once again, you know, one of the weird announcements from a year ago, speaking of weird announcements, uh, last year they announced Princess Maker 2 Refined was coming out on Steam out of the clear blue. Um, and just recently, uh, I, was it CFK? But I know Gonzo, of course, was part of the original thing. But Gynex. Yeah, Gynex, excuse me, not Gonzo. Gy- Gynex. Uh, they're announcing that the original Princess Maker uh, is going to be also released on Steam later this month. Uh which there isn't a lot more days left in the month, so I guess it'll be sometime in the next week. Um, Princess Maker Refine is going to be out. I don't know if this is the same case as the second one, where there was like it a is. PC release that came out like a 10, 15 years ago, and this is it again. But um, yeah, it's it's they're announcing it's only going to be 10 bucks, which is pretty nice, uh, but it's got a lot okay. of the same uh, bonuses, or, or I should say like the upgrades that the second game got, which were... Uh, graphical overhaul, you know, it's it's taking the um, original graphics and retouching all of that. Uh, in this case, it's apparently going to be supervised by the author of the original game. I imagine the, the second one was as well. They also added voice acting, so a lot of the, it's a lot of the same things that we got to experience in, in the second game. And in this game, it's about um, you adopt uh, a ten year old girl and rise her up to be a full grown lady and decide like her path in life. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't like the weird ass like uh, setup to two, where it's like there's like a fucking it's a star that came from the yeah. sky and it was a girl and like yeah, there's a, there's a whole like a religious theme behind like the the setup of two. It was like what the fuck is happening? This is a little bit more realistic, where it's like it's actually like you're adopting a child and and raising her, so it, it's a little more based in reality in that sense. But um, I, I think That's... that it's it, the thing is is that for some reason I'm just not the the visuals in this game just don't look as good as the second one i think that the the because uh, i watched the trailer just a little bit ago and it just for some reason it just seems like everything's a lot more cleaner i guess Maybe I, i'm just... more of a fan of the original like the the like the non-refined uh oh yeah it's the original yeah. actual actual like you know the the, yeah. the sprites and the uh pc 98 versions um, yeah i like I think... those those are good old school stuff definitely look a lot better but hopefully this leads up to them releasing the other P- uh princess maker games like five that would be really yeah, cool I'd have to I imagine, so. yeah that, that's cool that like that they're just kind of like kind of making this series relevant again or like at least some way to like archive all of this and to you know so it's not su- such a hassle to like dig them up well they don't so, they, there was no like english words and versions of these games so that that yeah. makes a lot better than the fact that they added dubbing uh but you know i heard problems with the second game with like translation problems with that so wait they actually english voice acted it yeah that was that was did... the back in september yeah when they released I, that. I told, when you said voice acting i just 100 percent assumed it'd be japanese only i'm surprised they bothered no. doing an english dub no it's it was it was dubbed uh but um I don't oh, remember it being quality, that maybe? great. Yeah. I, I actually don't, I actually I don't mean, remember. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a game like I, this I try, to have. I try, I, try to remember, I try to remember my time with Princess Speaker 2 Refined. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they had English voice acting. Okay, yeah. that's. I, I, I wouldn't I, expect these games to. I'm trying like, to remember, but I didn't get as much time as I, I would have liked with it. But, you know, either way. I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's, oh, oh wait, no, you're right. Yeah, sorry. It was full Japanese only, uh, but yeah. it's fully voice acted, but... At the same time, yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure about the quality of this one, but you know, ten bucks, so that totally seems worth it. And it, I do like, I really like the actual. 
I want to see more of these old visual novels be released, so it's cool to see that. But moving on to uh, bigger, bigger, more broader news here. <laughs> it's kind of odd because I think we probably should have ordered this news a little bit better. Um, eh, but actually, before we move into like this, the bigger piece of news, let's talk about the fact that South Park, the fractured butthole, has been delayed once again. It was originally delayed from uh, fall 2016 to quarter one 2017, and now it's been pretty much delayed out of the fiscal year, which means that it'll be released sometime um, from April onwards. So it's pretty much following the same parallel that the first game did with South Park, um, because that game was delayed over and over and over Several again. Times, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't envy. Uh, the developers of this game um, from worth worth mentioning is that it's totally different developers. It's not Obsidian yeah. this time. It's it's just a Ubisoft California or something. Yeah, it's so. the people that did like Driver San Diego, whatever it was called. San uh, Francisco. Driver San, San Sorry, yeah, uh, that's the same team that's working on that. And I think Grown Home as well. They did that game, Grow Home. So this is yeah their first attempt to doing that, and it does definitely look far more ambitious, at least with like the combat that the game had, um, the, in, the, in this new game has compared to the first game, which was straight up like mostly turn based with like Paper Mario, yeah, Paper Mario mechanics. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, or Mario and Luigi in a sense. Uh, so that's it's it, this in this case, it's got like environmental objects that you can knock the enemies into, and like a deeper combo system, and all this stuff, and having to deal with all that and keep it within the same uh visual universe with making it look like the cartoon. Uh, I don't envy them one bit, but you know, once again, it's just like with anything, like if it means a better quality game, no big deal, you know, in my sense, and it's so. When you think about it, there's not a lot of games out in April until like later in the late in the month. Like, what was recently announced for an April release? Because uh, I know we've got like Dragon Quest Heroes, Dragon Quest oh, Heroes, and um, obviously Persona. It was Mario. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and we got Mario Kart. But I could have sworn there was like another game that was recently. There was. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> you can't just. Re- mm. Was that RPG or? Uh, I'm I don't think it was RPG. <laughs> I don't think it was an RPG. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to like I had to force this to be put in there. Oh yeah, there was uh, pure pure Tetris. That was it. Oh, that there was right. we go. And then we've got like yeah, Silver Case, Little Nightmares, which I'm Little Nightmares. I'm personally very excited for just because it looks such a like a damn good game. But yeah, Persona Five obviously is is right there with it. So in terms of the RPG uh, headspace, that's kind of difficult so hopefully there's enough space in between those two games but you know persona Puyo Puyo tetris 5 yep so i mean february obviously is packed and already is and then you got eight march tons of games like mass effect and uh of course zelda and switch and all those games uh took it into <laughs> uh but oh, april geez. is right. is gonna be uh, a little bit lighter so gotta gotta I, avoid june though because stormblood jump into persona <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it just kind of like dawned on me like the other day that like we're just barely uh, six weeks six weeks into this new year and we've already had such like a crazy lineup of games just I, Game in my book it, yeah. and yeah in my book it's like it's been one of the strongest starts to a year in video gaming recently uh, lots of hearing lots of good things about yakuza gravity rush neo i know some one person saying neo was koei tecmo's best game not team ninja's best game koei tecmo's yeah, best that's... game that, that's quite a tall tower to be on top of that's but he's probably true. not no, he's probably not off the mark if you yeah, really think about it right a lot of koei tecmo games are very niche and like fit mm-hmm. a certain like style but like this one seems to be kind of a universally not perfect but 
very well-made yeah, game. Definitely up there. And, and the fact it's on a single console, it means they could really concentrate their efforts into building, like, uh, getting the most out of a single platform instead of doing, like, multi-platform. So some, I, I'm assuming part of that also feeds into that. But, of course, you know, they're they're taking a lot of inspiration from, you know, the Dark Souls series and what they'd be able to accomplish. But And we're finding that way more. So it's kind of, it's going to be curious to see where they, you know, jump off of fear jump from here so like if they're gonna make another neo or a totally different game inspired by the same genre so i'm very excited but you know still got a lot of extra side content as we explained so but getting to the big news that we wanted to discuss here is that uh yeah e3 2017 the esa announced that it's going to be open for the public not like last year where it's going to be, um, you know, this little sideshow event with like four or five tents, uh, and most of it being Oculus. That was so the E3 live thing was so bizarre. It was so bad and poorly ran, and like, people didn't know what was going on, and it was hard. Yeah, to the the, the, the whole the whole logistical management of it, like where to go, like it was hard to even find it. Like, you were at the place, and you're like, where is this thing? Yeah, there was also like a Doritos thing, which they gave out free chips, which was nice. But yeah, in this case, they they announced that there's going to be uh, they're going to open up the doors. 15,000 people are going to have a chance to purchase a ticket um, and they go live in a couple of days as of this recording on February 13th. Um, so if, and uh, the early bird price is going to be $150 and then it's going to go up to $250 as we get closer to the actual event. It reminds me of like, I think if you try to buy the ticket normally, uh, it was like $500. So they really reduced the price for that. I don't know if that's like 150 and 250 That seems kind of high for what we get out of it but you know uh it's, it's but it, it'll be a, like you know a chance for like you know eyes to but how, how much is pax how much does the tickets cost to pax i think it's like 70 or 80 so, so. i don't know if that's if it really can compare it because there's no a like, lot of you know, a lot of people still want to like win this e3 for I, themselves oh totally and i i just think that it, it leads to a bigger problem with it, uh, it's definitely e3. feels like uh, like from the outsider's perspective e3 being at e3 feels a little bit like disneyland it has that that allure it's it, like it, it, they don't know what's in there so they have to they at least want to check it out at least once i totally get that i think though it lends to a bigger problem that the ESA has with E3 because I personally have no problem with this happening. It's that um, they are really focusing too much on high-priced everything. So everything from like booth prices to like, you know, uh, exhibitor space and all that stuff. It's like it's driving a lot of people, of course, out of E3. And so it's the reason that 15,000 people doesn't uh, bother me as much is because there's a lot of extra space <laughs> in every corner of that. There is, but I, think I, I, I mean, last year was my first E3, but I definitely know how that space looks like when it's like anime expo time. That's, that's I kind of like that, you know, breathing space. To be honest, it does, but there's like, yeah, there's like corners of it. But and I think that if you, for think, me, if you think about it's... like the lines, it's going to be awful. Just but downright awful. we never get in line anyway, so I'm not really. Sometimes we about do. That. You can actually... you can ask the people that the the publisher to cut ahead in line. They they'll be okay to let you go. That's so for media. It's it, the the bigger concern is that so when you've got. Like, for example, Gamescom and TGS, they have an actual press day dedicated for people that need to get to their meetings. With, like, PAX, it's like you've got an hour to do, or, like, yeah, i got, like, an hour to do as much as you can or something like that. With So, with in this case, it's that they're going to be right there alongside 
you know, people that are trying to do what they need to. So uh, there was already a big problem, as it were, with like people being invited that were from like, you know, GameStop managers and uh, people that managed to find their way in from like winning tickets. Oh, from yeah. Publishers. That, 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 that's why I put officially opens up because I, for a long time, E3, there's always been a way to like get into E3 one way or another. It always it always felt like a public show, even though it wasn't a public show. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know how many people are actually going to be like, how many people are going to like say, you know, I'm going to skip E3 this year because the idea of having 15,000 extra people doesn't means that we can't uh cover as much as we want to yeah i'm not saying that's gonna happen for sure but the only the only problem i faced with the e3 was that trying to get in at the very you know start of the day when i had an appointment at 10 o'clock and the doors open at 10 o'clock trying to get through all the people that are wanting to stand in line for hours on end for a game that's going to be at gamestop in a few months like that (laughs) that's why i'm not really uh I, that's why, like sometimes, I don't get people that run to stand in line for that long. Like, yeah, if I, I don't want to do that. Like, that's I was actually going to mention. I've actually missed like even like watching the last couple of E3s due to other commitments. But I kind of feel like it's more efficient and comfortable, and you can almost get more out of it if you don't go and like just watch streams and things from you know your laptop or your even your office at work absolutely like for like, me it's like not the I, two... I understand i do understand that yeah the, the the appeal of being there and even like meeting people or whatever is definitely huge but in terms of like watching the conferences or demoing games i guess demoing games is but you were just saying that waiting in line forever and ever for 10 minutes i don't know well the only two things that really appeal to me about e3 anymore it's that the press the the, the press conferences it's always fun to go to i don't i mean i don't care there's people like it, it's excited to be among that uh, when those announcements are being made but also uh the, it's the meetings you know like being able to meet these people that you've been working with all like all year long uh, that have been helping you help us as rpg site grow our site but also of course third is being able to meet all you guys you know like with other staff members in one place and being able to talk mm-hmm. with each other uh face to face instead of over the internet that's that's a very fun time to be uh to, to be a part of but more and more, it seems like E3, just the whole meaning behind being there, it's outside of, you know, Idea Factory, for example, in East America having their own separate PES events. It's like we could get more out of that than sometimes going to like these E3 shows, getting sent a code. So the uh, last year, it was kind of silly to everyone making that comment, like, you know, because of E3 free, being free for the public at that sideshow event. People are like saying, like maybe the maybe this year it's like the whole media behind E three is going to be irrelevant uh, with EA having their own separate thing. Which once again, EA will have their own thing, but I think now it's going to be like in West Hollywood <laughs> instead of uh, next to E uh, three, oh. like in the Coda in that uh, what's it? I forget what the area is called. But like it's in front of Kodak the- Theater, or whatever. But um, that's not or was it was it la live or whatever that area is but um that it was definitely near the e3 live thing it was like it was like sandwich between like a building and that then that's where e3 live was last year yeah now it's going to be somewhere in, in west um, hollywood so that's and that's good ways away so mm-hmm. um they totally changed that i guess it's because they they caught up the too much traffic and they couldn't really organize that well so they want to be as far away as possible it sounded Still, like a line there well, those people i've talked to that went it's just like yeah it was just we didn't know where the hell to go and it was always crowded and it was just yeah so let me just be clear it's that it's uh, i don't want to 
be like that type of person that seems like, you know, you plebeians come into effect our show. How dare you? I'm like, like this, like this tier, this class system that like tends to feel like, you know, trying to be better than the others. It's like, if you want to go, have have fun. I have seen some people like, there's a certain crowd of people who think like all game journal, game journalists or people like us who are more hobbyists, like, I don't know, have like a weird stigma, like, it's it's not that too i mean just <laughs> yeah. i mean obviously i know you're not saying that but like the people that are making that complaint i think the more important thing at convention is is what i was talking about before it's that you know if only they did that thing with like anime expo it's that um had you be able to or actually this was also with playstation experience that i straight up got to be instead of standing in line to get in i was i had this other door that i could get in and go straight in and and get to where i needed to go it's like that's all i ask i'm not there to go stand in line and get in front of your demo stations and all that it's just all i need to do is get to my meeting and not have to deal with all the traffic because with anime expo it's that uh, it's the same place that Los Angeles Convention Center. Josh, you were there with me last year, first time yep. for both of us having press passes to this thing. Me, it's my first time ever being there. Um, the, we got to be right next to that door, and when as soon as they started letting people in, it's like we got right in and did what we needed to do or be first in for the panels so we could actually cover these events for social media or the website. And that's really all that I want. Uh, I, there doesn't need to be a whole separate press uh, like press day like with the other ones, as as cool as it would be, uh, I imagine the reason they won't do that is because they want to make as much money as possible, and so they'd rather not have a whole separate day dedicated to that because it's right, like you know that's a big that's a huge cost. Uh, yeah, the upkeep, of course, with the fixed costs and all that, having to deal with all that that that's just too much to ask considering the popularity is you know dwindling um, comparatively. But it does seem like now more than ever, they're desperately trying everything they can to make it as relevant as it used to be and that just it's not going to happen you know as compared to you know tgs and gamescom and stuff like that it's it's e3 just seems because i was watching I, this is this is this is probably a little bit of an exaggeration but some people were basically calling it like it's basically become like super packs where it's, it's not even that anymore packs seems more popular <laughs> than that anime expo comparison is way bigger than e3 is that's just anime expo continues to be a nightmare it grows exponentially every year and it's kind of frightening it's frightening of... and it's like a, a sea of people when you look at there it's 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 a haunting prospect you know as as you know and i still i mean i plan on going e3 this year like i have for the last what six six years now so i, I do want to play i do, do want to be a part of it but you know we were having this discussion like how important is it should and Last year, I was like, you know, no, I really want to go. Like, let's go, guys. This year, it just seems like, I don't know, guys. It's I'm not as excited as I used to be about that. Like, maybe we should focus on going to Gamescom or something like that or TGS instead. But, you know, can't afford it. So I'm sorry to say that. As opposed to me and Josh being like half an hour away from it. So it's yeah, a lot easier so to make sorry. that commitment. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll see what their plans are. I really hope that they do have, like, plans to have, like, you know, a separate entrance for press people because they're going to invite all these public people that can't get into these closed door meetings so like what point is there it does mention it's where like show floor panels and other events e3 doesn't have panels so i don't know what that means like are they going to introduce panels to this uh there's uh, i guess we'll find out but yeah i i Hmm. just panels get in the way of actual meetings like am i going to be sending months a bunch of people that are asking to I'm starting to knock into the 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 whole like um 
you know, the, the you can uh, be, be a cameo on some influencer show, man. Yeah, on. can't do all that. But, <laughs> so that's that's about it for the news. I mean, it, like we said, there wasn't a lot to discuss, but some important uh, uh, opportunities there. So that's kind next of week, next next week. There should be a fair bit more to talk about. There's Nice America has their press event. Yes, uh, February seventeenth. Yeah. Um. I heard some rumors about some interesting stuff they may show. Some really uh, interesting things are going to be announced. <laughs> yeah. that I think once again it's going to throw the whole wrench in expectations about what companies controlling which properties. So we'll find out more details about that as we get closer. But we'll be covering that on our Twitter account. So is there anything else though that I can think of? Um, uh, the, the, the only chapter next is going to be uh, Bloodbath because that's the Japanese release of near Automata is along with the English version of Super Robot Wars Five. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to cover all that for sure. I know you're planning on The only other thing I can think of off the top of my head is there's another Final Fantasy XIV fan fest where they're going to oh, be announcing yeah. oh, another Europe, class. Right? And they're going to announce, I think they're going to play or demo or something, the new theme song for Blood for Stormblood. So. Oh, Uematsu. And I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, Alex has been invited to go there. And I, he, I think he threw the same kind of tantrum. He's like, oh, no, no, no we've got to cover it. So <laughs> Alex is great about yeah, that. <laughs> not a big fan about that. So to run, oh, so that's, yeah, for now, uh, <laughs> my, my, for me, it's just going to be a lot more Neo before I considering moving to Yakuza 0, but we'll see. But oh, yeah, that's it for... Like, no, there's yeah. no new releases next week for me, so who knows? Like, is there anything else? I mean... I no, guess I all the important thing, Berserk just came out, but I haven't played that. So anyway, did it? Wait, did it? Yeah. No, uh, wow. couple... I still got that tab open for games that are coming out. Let me take a quick look here. I'm sorry, I don't extend this longer than it needs to. Berserk, uh, I have it listed coming out on the 21st. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, it's like you had the other review code. <laughs> no, I don't. I. Okay. Yeah, nothing really RPG related in the next week. So, but you know, just like last week. Maybe we'll have some breaking news to discuss. We'll just yeah. talk about anime. That's it. Yeah, so, the press event is going to have a lot of. Anime, I hear that. So. I hear that double Zeta or double Z Gundam or double Zeta, however you pronounce it, is not mm-hmm. nearly as good as Zeta. I I, I, I personally hate double Zeta, but yeah, that's, that's kind that's... of what I heard. Is that it's? <laughs> I heard it's totally different. So it, I guess some it, people it, might it, like it better. It, it, I just heard not just, good things. <laughs> guys, I'll just mentally prepare you right now. It's like it has a weird tone shift right at the get go. So just be prepared, I guess. I mean, I asked about anime guys, but we're not going to be an anime site. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's let you know where you guys can find us. Uh, as always, you can find us at RPGsite.net. Once again, we've got a bunch of guides up there you can check out, but of course, reviews for games that we mentioned today. You can also find us on Twitter at RPGsite. You can find us on Facebook.com slash RPGsite.net. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash RPG site net. We can find, once again, the ongoing Berseria, Valkyria Chronicles 3, and Pentadragoon Saga uh, playthroughs. Uh, in Josh's case, Berseria's uh, streamed. So you should check us out on twitch.tv slash RPG site uh, if you want to follow us there and, and watch whenever we go live. You can also subscribe to us on Tetracast at iTunes. Just search for us there. Uh, I think we're having some still issues with uh, Google uh, with old episodes. We're trying to get that fixed, so hopefully we'll have that corrected. You can also find us on Discord, the permanent link, discord.me slash RPG site. And lastly, of course, you can find us. Uh, well, let us know what we can find on t- on Twitter, Josh. Uh, you can find me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Adam, where can they find you? K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. And lastly, of course, you can find me at Zach Reese. 
So once again, thank you all for joining us on this edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Josh, for being a part of this as always. Um, But catch us next time on the next edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.